one. What up, y'all? Welcome to the Frosty Pints Gaming Podcast. Uh, how y'all doing tonight? Delightful. Penis in the, <laughs> looking at pictures of Leetness's bread. Yes, it does look really amazing. I'm eating a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, uh, just... and we're sorry uh, we had to take a week off. It was just not... It was a bad week. We'll leave it at that. Didn't work out. Yeah, Gobi or uh, Omega was away, and then Gobi got sick, and then I had to drive somebody to the airport at eleven o'clock at night, and then Leetness was just gone. Or well, Leetness is his stupid sister-in-law. Leetness is stupid we'll sister-in-law on Thursday in the middle of the week. <laughs> Jesus Christ! On a Thursday, yep. on a... Yeah. It's like, oh, I know what we can do on Thursday. We can have a great big fucking wedding, and then we can go to work on Friday. Well, they moved. No, well, they moved to. Yeah, they did go to work, and then they moved to Nashville. All right. Yeah, the I'm bright side. The very next day. Good story. Um, yeah. My internet got fixed too. <laughs> so they went to bed so. at a reasonable hour on their wedding night. Uh, yeah. That happened. <laughs> oh, what? It wasn't I did, a wedding. I, I, I got married at right. my lunch break. Well, you're. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's like, well, you're not an American, so you can... <laughs> but you are. I know you are. I'm an African American. I'll have you know. That's true. <sighs> yep. I'm friends with an African American. <laughs> See, Gobi, you do know. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> we were context. We were talking about Wisconsin earlier, right, earlier. So that's where that. Uh, sorry. And all the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, All the diverse and interesting people. <laughs> uh, yeah. And anyway, out of gaming. And uh, yeah. all the junk you can find in your mind. Oh, yeah. So I, I threw an article up here about some uh, really stylish mice, ultra lightweight mice that uh, are coming out. And they do. Well, they look pretty banging. They've got you know, a carbon fiber mouse. They've got mice with some. Uh, holes in them, basically, that just make them really super light and collect crap uh, a lot easier. I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, I, and they're sponsored by Ninja. See, isn't this podcast uh, sponsored by Ninja, though? I'm pretty no, sure I'm, we're I'm sponsored joking. by Ninja. At this point, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure one of us is Ninja. <laughs> I, I first heard about I, I first heard about this like ultralight mouse trend probably about a year ago. I first heard about it about five years ago. Well, anyway, the article that I read back then was saying that like they were <laughs> shipping these mice with like weights that you could remove in there. So like because they found that most people actually like the feel of the mouse to have some heft to it. So I don't even understand why ultralight mice are becoming a thing because like there's the tactile sensation of having the mouse in your hand. And I don't know about you guys, but I could game for a pretty long session. My wrist doesn't exactly get tired from moving a mouse over the five square inches of my mouse pad that I have to travel. Yeah, and that's probably because we all go outside and do things that exercise our wrists instead of just sit behind a computer for 18 hours a day between sleeping sessions. You masturbate in public? Oh, all the fucking time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why do you think I'm Why? not allowed to ride the bus anymore? <laughs> and that's when it's the most fun. <laughs> Gotta have that I'm not allowed to go to the fire station. 
What's the point of jerking off if people can't watch you do it? Yeah. I thought everyone would appreciate my big fire hose jokes. <laughs> fucking prudes. Oh, uh, gosh. Anyway, yeah, that uh -huh. was... The only thing is they're lacking buttons, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, by the way, hi, yeah, Gobi's daughter. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, hi, Gobi's kids that aren't supposed to be listening to this, but totally are. Oh, every single one of them. Every one of them. Awesome. Yep. I, I just hope her friends don't. Like, that's all. If you're wondering what you're talking about, ask your dad. <laughs> or if you're somebody else's kid, ask Gobi. I'm so... <laughs> going to get called into the principal's office this year. <laughs> what are Go you teaching the kids? Youth officer. I have no idea. I'm technically trying to teach them anything. It's not my fault. They're from the East Coast. Don't and look in his Africa. Closet. So, <laughs> ah, yeah, you can look in there. No joke. Stop me if we shouldn't talk about this on the podcast. Um, didn't one of your daughters go to like show and tell at school and tell the class that you had a doctor who was you were friends with and you were gonna go like fly out and play games with him or something? <laughs> yeah, they got they got a little confused on the whole uh, <laughs> whole uh, Doctor like, Niggle. <laughs> like she's young, I just thought it was adorable. He's a real doctor, the yeah, yeah, totally a real doctor in Venezuela. <laughs> Yeah, my youngest daughter um, did that, and uh, my son, he was in 4K last year, and right at the beginning of the year, he got basically told that he was telling stories, and he needed to stop, stop telling stories, because he was saying how he had his own computer, and you know he was playing all these games with dad and stuff, and I went in for yeah. a parent-teacher's conference, and the teacher brought it up, and I started laughing. And she's like, what's so funny? It's not funny. I go, no, you're wrong. Like, he does have his own gaming computer, and he does play those games with well, me. Like, what, what fucking <laughs> backwards-ass school are you sending your kids to where teachers don't understand that kids play fucking video games? This is Winston. They don't have internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think the teacher <laughs> believed that Gobi was a good enough dad to get his kid a gaming rig. What? Yeah, no, uh, like, we're, this is 4K. We're, we're talking about a a kid in 4K. He's four years old, and he's talking about playing video games for over a year. Most like three-year-old kids aren't playing games like The Division. Yeah, but I played Division <laughs> with you and your son. Your son's pretty damn good. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I said that straight. And then yeah, my daughter was uh, my youngest daughter, Lolovi, was the one who uh, was talking about how I had this doctor friend, and I had to clarify that. I didn't fly out every night and play video games with Dr. Niggle. Um, we communicated <laughs> over the internet. Aww. Yeah. Uh, goodness. Yeah. All right. And then, so... on the flip side, my teenager that's not supposed to be listening to these, that probably is, um, I'll embarrass her ass a little bit. Uh, so, she got her phone taken away today because she was in attitude pants. I love waking up <laughs> in the morning on a fucking Sunday and have to deal with a 14-year-old with an attitude. Oh, it was awesome. And then she got into a fight with her five-year-old little brother. Yes, it was great. It's <laughs> Bet you're still yeah. loving having those kids, huh, Gobi? <laughs> hey, I, I love my kids, but sometimes it's like... 
I'm kind of glad they go to their mom. I mean, I miss the hell out of them, but... <laughs> uh, you hear that? Yeah. Your dad doesn't love you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it when you're gone. Uh, speaking of teenagers, I wish uh, Wait, my teenager would win me $3 million. Oh, yeah, because of the Twitch. I was going to ask if anybody remembered Captain Hook or the movie Hook with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Yes. Love that. That's what Hook said. Hook said, Mommy and Daddy don't love you. They can't wait until you go to bed. That's that's what a mean old man <laughs> says. <laughs> he's referring to you, Omega. <laughs> Gobi takes it a step further. He's like, yeah, get the fuck out of my house. I don't want you here. Go <laughs> I only do it because I have two men. Otherwise, it would still be bedtime every night. Kyle, Kyle Gersdorf, 16, he's a U.S. citizen. He won... Um, three million dollars, I think. Yeah, three million dollars in the uh, solo event competition at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, which hosted the U.S. or no, sorry, which hosted the um, E Prize or Esports U.S. Esports uh, Fortnite Championship. It was, yeah, it was the the Fortnite World Cup Finals. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he didn't just win; he dominated. I don't know if you guys yeah. actually watched any clips of that, but that guy was fucking good. I didn't like, watch. I didn't. He wasn't just well. good. He was incredibly good. And the thing that's crazy is how how people are blowing up about this and saying, "I can't believe somebody playing video games." Blah 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 blah. But when you look at the actual numbers on how many people get drawn to these esports events, uh, they're making. I mean, they're getting like five, six times more viewers than you know, like fucking Wimbledon and the yeah. Wimbledon Championship. Uh, they they win like three million dollars. So this guy should actually be pissed off that he's only getting three million. <laughs> well, I think it is also worth talking about the fact that like this is totally being astroturfed by Epic. Like other esports tournaments that have far smaller prize pools, they have these smaller prize pools because that's the money that they're bringing in. Like, yes, you're right. There are far fewer, or like they have a lot of viewers, but it's still not making a lot of money because advertisers spend a lot more money on a tennis tournament than a video games tournament because tennis is watched and played by rich assholes with a shit ton of disposable income. <laughs> what Epic is doing here, Epic is like, I was, when I did the uh, my esports show, um, I was doing a lot of research into Fortnite and like who the big winners and like the best players were. Before these, uh, the the World Cup finals, the highest, like the the highest earner playing Fortnite in the world had made just under half a million dollars over the last two years of competitive Fortnite. And then Epic rolls in, does this tournament, and blows that total that that guy had earned over a ton of different competitions in just one event. They The prize pool just so hugely overshadows everything. And Epic isn't making money on this. They are just... No, they're just... They they throwing this like they didn't make money. They they gave away thirty million dollars as a total prize pool in the World Cup. They did not earn that much in terms of revenue, but they made two and a half billion dollars last year off Fortnite. So they can afford to throw this money away. This is just Epic swinging their dick around. And more power to them, of course. But this isn't this isn't like you know you look at StarCraft or CS:GO or any of these other competitive esports that have been around for a while. That is a lot more accurate to what you know, esports as a, an actual competitive 
sport can make on its own. This is just Epic funding their own competition with the money that's literally pouring out of their pockets. Yeah, the uh, money pouring out of their pockets is a, a little more apt. It's like saying that you're not making any money off an advertising campaign. Well, directly, no, you're not. But indirectly, that's what the advertising campaign is for. But I feel like, I feel like um, this is still relatively an, in its infancy in comparison to something like London. So you're comparing dollars to dollars. If you look at how many years this has been going, um, I feel like people still are, people people still have a stigma of of esports not being an actual sport. Like you watch the news and and how people react to this little kid, sixteen years old, making three million dollars, and they're like, "Oh well, I should just go play Fortnite." Yeah, good you know? fucking luck. And, yeah, exactly. That's the, that's my point. Is there's no fucking yeah. chance they would ever come anywhere even close, even if they spent twenty four hours a day fucking playing that game nonstop for six, six years. They just you don't have the fucking ability to do Hi, that. Karen Roby Not here anybody can just Tyrion pick it up and, and do it. We're talking today about these this guys article, are like incredibly uh, talented. They like for us, Tiernan here, talking about machine uh, learning, sports stars, uh, how it's you know, gone because they do have that that special something. So I am I am a hundred percent sure, Linus, that these world champions went to Fortnite University. Exactly. <laughs> they went to Fortnite University. It's a secret university that no one knows about. <laughs> and it makes you a pro in the course of like a pros. couple weeks. Ask me how, and I'll, uh, it only costs $347, and uh, I'll explain to you how to get to Fortnite, how the Fortnite University works. <laughs> the, uh, the prize pool for the World Championships of StarCraft uh, last year was, or yeah, it was five hundred thousand USD. So it is—it's a fraction of uh, of this one. Yeah, I think it's—I think it's going to get bigger though, and this—it's no, going to get better. Well, it, but that's the interesting thing about esports, though, is like StarCraft has been shrinking year after year. The the big money prize pools in StarCraft peaked out probably three, four, five years ago, and it's been shrinking since. And this is the thing about Fortnite. Uh, I was talking to the tournament organizer uh, who did the show that I was on, and this guy is like a professional Fortnite, the competitive Fortnite organizer. And he literally travels the world. Uh, he like, he, he, he's from Paris. He came to do our show from Spain where he just did another competition. And uh, after the shows were all done, we went out drinking and we were talking about it. And I asked him like, so how long do you think Fortnite has left? And he said two years. And this is a guy who's like, Super in the esports scene, he he was like a special guest at the World Cup. Like he was there drinking and partying on on Epic's dollar. And that's the thing about esports is like you look at Wimbledon. That's a competition that has centuries long history. That well, yeah. is super yeah, ingrained but... in as a cultural institution. Esports, a game, a new game comes and goes every couple of years. Yeah, but I'm, then, I'm talking. I'm talking about esports as a as an actual genre, like tennis. So I'm not comparing Fortnite as the sport. I'm talking about esports compared to tennis. Well, I I don't think you can make that comparison though, because it's more. It it would be more accurate to say Fortnite is like tennis, while StarCraft is like football. While they're they're each game is a different sport, basically. So they're each yeah, gonna... but they, they don't come out with a new version of tennis every year. 
That's true. If they did, yeah. then tennis tennis might die too. Because I mean, okay, well, tennis is it has is rooted in tradition and all of that sort of stuff, and I, I get that it's a sport that people are going to continue to watch because it doesn't change. But and it's there's there's well, it does change, but uh, not drastically to the point where people are developing a new version of it every single year. So I, I think that they're exactly in comparison. If you compare esports to tennis, they are they're both a a top of a medium of they're a sport. they're all the sport. They're they're all right. yeah. I mean, cause, like and the game that you're playing is irrelevant in my opinion. I think the the problem yeah, yeah. is that people aren't taking esports as a as a valid sport yet. That's the yeah, problem. Yet. But, yeah, but I think it's you... growing. And it is. It, it, it definitely is. It, it absolutely is. But if you look at, if you take out this massive $30 million prize pool from Epic, which, again, is not indicative of the actual market for esports content, it's it's a lot smaller than you might think. It is definitely growing, and it will continue to grow. I don't doubt that. And the fact that there is a new game coming out every two years will only increase that longevity, but it also will add a lot of volatility that established sports don't have. And whereas with established sports, you have people, you know, having their entire career in a sport, you know, you, in esports, a new game comes and all of a sudden the, the game that you've been playing and got really good at and were earning money at for a few years, nobody's paying anybody to play that game anymore. And we're not talking, you know, be when you look at it, like each game is a different sport you know you can't just switch games you don't see pro gamers who are top level pro gamers among different games so it is going to be harder to have a long-lasting career doing esports like it's not something that somebody's going to be able to to make a lifetime's worth of money playing one game in the few short years that that game is on top of the esports market so right now it's Fortnite. in a couple years and if epic wasn't funding this massive tournament with their own money, you know, you look three years down the line, nobody's paying anybody to play Fortnite anymore. And all these kids who, yeah, they made, you know, like I said, before this tournament, the the highest earner made $500,000 just about, you know, stretch that out over another couple of years. Maybe he makes about a million dollars before nobody cares about Fortnite anymore. And at that point he's got to get a real job. I think that it's not more. It's, it's less about the individuals and more about the teams, in my opinion. Like, if when it comes down to esports, it's all about those the teams. Yeah, that are, I mean, the teams can make like, a living like because all, yeah, go on. And and those the players change all the time. Yeah, but like take Gears of War Four. Like they have e- esports. It started back in Gears of War Three. Uh, it's Gears of War Four now. It's going to be Gears of War Five. I mean. There's guys that have been playing esports and gears since you know the 2006-2007. Um, some of them have moved up to broadcaster now and make boohoo dollars doing that. Like Gears of War Four paid out from 2016 to 2019 three million dollars over from 41 different tournaments, and that's just for Gears of War Four. That's not including all the tournaments they had for Gears Three. And, you know, yeah. plus they got a bunch coming up for Gears 5. I mean, same thing with well, Call yeah, of Duty. You just said yeah. over seven years they paid out $3 million. No, no, that's, that's three years. Three years. 
2016 so to 2019. Okay, uh, okay, 60. To, so over three years, they paid out three million dollars. A million divided a year. among everybody in all these tournaments. That's that's not a lot of money. Like these aren't careers. These aren't like like when people are talking about whether or not it's a viable career. You're, these kids aren't going to like be able to retire after their esports career. They're going to have to get a job. It is an interesting point, though, that Gobi's brought up. Is uh, you got Gears Three and Gears Four, and they have plans for Gears Five tournaments. StarCraft, Star, the original StarCraft, there were tournaments for that. People did make money. And then StarCraft Two, obviously, I don't know. In my opinion, kind of threw off or uh, threw esports into the limelight because that's definitely when I started watching esports tournaments. Was uh, StarCraft World Championships with Idra. Um, and then what happens when the next iteration of StarCraft comes out? Is it going to get a bump? Is it going to do even better than StarCraft II did? Um, so that's going back to what Lena said about... Um, I, I don't even know. I'm just thinking about boobs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, boobs. So there's wonderful. a slut stream on July 30th. <laughs> if anybody wants to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, well, the funny thing, it's more the articles. Uh, one is from PC Gamer, and the other one is from Koteka or whatever. And uh, the PC Gamer is this nice face shot and then, you know, text and all that stuff. And the other one is... Cleavage. Cleavage. Like, you open up the page, and there it is. Times two or Bam. three. I got a recommended <laughs> article, too, that shows me cleavage. I was like, you may enjoy. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes I may. Oh, yes. Anyway, yeah. Twitch streamer Casey Tron uh, decided to organize a slut stream on July 30th, and I guess they did raise uh, over $3,000 for um, Freedom 24-7, which is a nonprofit that partners with other organizations to provide services to victims and raise awareness about sex trafficking around the world. So that's that's a noble cause, but I did think it was kind of funny that they decided to um, take on the word slut by organizing <laughs> streams where they wore um, the sluttiest clothing that they could. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I would have watched if I was around. But, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, I think, in that sense. Um, I, d I don't have a, a problem with them doing that at all and standing against that because I do feel like it's a, a, a topical issue that needs to be addressed, but I think it could have just possibly been done differently. <laughs> we Maybe worded better. The yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we were talking before the stream started up, and um, it was like, maybe they should have tried <laughs> organizing um, an anti-slut stream or something, like all yeah. Twitch thoughts for the day wore bulky clothing and all the rest of that, and you actually had to sit there and listen to these people and maybe learn something about them as human beings. Of yeah. course, you know, the pervs on Twitch aren't interested in that sort of thing, so they probably would have seen a, a decline in revenue for the day. <laughs> turtle, turtle neck stream. Turtle neck stream. I like it. <laughs> that would have definitely gotten views for sure. But it's cool that they raised money for a charity. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Alright, so... <laughs> oh, yes. Switch. Gives Android, which Let's is actually switch. pretty neat. Yeah, let's switch it up. Uh, they added a 
Apparently you can install Lineage OS 15.1, which is Android 8.1, on your Nintendo Switch. If you really want to. Um, yeah, I'm not like, sure uh, I'd want to. It's like to, jailbreaking but... your phone. Oh, really? What's, yeah, what's the benefit? So if you do... Uh, well, you can run... Um, what is this? Basically what Android is games. So, slightly worse games than than what you can get on Switch. (laughs) Uh, Are you bashing Max Payne, the original Max Payne? Oh. By the original Max Payne, you (laughs) mean Android? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Oh, yes, you can. Max Payne was a good game. Yeah, you can't can't hate on Max Payne. I mean, I I don't mind Max Payne, but I, I, I mean, I think that Androids aren't... My favorite of uh, OS. So, but the the point was, you can um, first of all, it is jailbreaking. So, if you do it, you're not gonna get official support anymore. Um, if your switch breaks, they're gonna tell you, "Oh, too bad, so sad. You probably shouldn't have broken ROS." But the point behind it is that you can uh, install Lineage OS 15.1, which is based off Android 8.1, and you can use it, you can browse the web, you can play mobile games, and theoretically anything else that you could do on a mobile device. So it, you know, it's kind of an upgrade for your Switch, but at the same kind of time, it's, you know, a little, a little iffy. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Android as it is, so I'd rather just stick to the limited limited access. Does the Leetness have an iPhone? I do. Uh. Um. Oh boy. I don't. I'm not a. Fa- I'm not a Mac fan at all. Um. In fact, I hate Macs big time. But um, what? I do find iOS a lot easier to use than an Android. And it's just it's just slicker, you know. And if you go to the app store, the the choice that you have on there is a hell of a lot better than the choices that you get on the Android Play Store. There's just so much fucking garbage on the Play Store. You know that on an Android device, you can customize your GUI, right? Yeah. You can you can make it look like an iPhone if you want. You can even make I mean, it written, with a uh, Android I've nine. You can make it feel like one. Yeah. This, it, it's just, just saying. I'm just saying. You still got those stupid buttons at the bottom that don't act the way they're supposed to. The whole I interface don't. and the way it works is just cheesy and, and bad. I got a single button on the bottom of my screen, just like you. It, it feels like a, it feels <laughs> doesn't feel like mine though. I bet you. I don't even have a button anymore. See, it's no oh, longer. I, I, have, a like a <laughs> I, I have, have like a little dash. I have like a little dash. I don't have any buttons. There's zero buttons on my screen. And I get half the feedback from touching the uh, buttons that don't exist. Yeah, I don't have buttons on my phone either. And my phone vibrates when I touch it if I tell it to. But I don't because, you know. Yes, I hate havoc feedback. Hate it. It's stupid. Um, So, yeah, you're, you're... You hate it till you touch it and feel it. No, I I turned it off. Androids definitely have no buttons. Yeah, I also uh, uh, root my phone because uh, I don't run a standard OS. In fact, uh, other than this phone, every phone I have owned, I uh, wrote my own OS for it. I've Usually had them. Based, you wrote uh, your own OS? 
Yeah. I base it off of, like... No, I base it off of, like, uh, Lineage, or it used to be called Cajun Mod uh, before. I would use that as a base, and then I would customize it to my liking. Then I'd build it from source and install it on my phone. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you are living in the wrong part of the country, Gobi. You need to go somewhere <laughs> where people pay you like millions of dollars to code, creating uh, custom OSs for people online. I, I do it just as a hobby. Uh, if I had to do it as a job, I'd hate it. But because oh. I do it, because uh, it's a hobby, I absolutely love it. That's the like, uh, didn't bring up. Uh, Gobi's internet is is all fixed. It's all better, right, Gobi? It is. It's fucking amazing to have 10 megabyte download. Yay, fuck Frontier. Ah, uh, you know, everything's nice and clear. I can actually record the MP3 tonight myself. Like, everybody sounds great. It's amazing yeah. when shit works. And it really only is. took them a month and a half. Yep, only. And two, oh, and the tech had to come all the way from Indiana. <laughs> 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 like that's that's how bad it was. It was oh, it was a fucking nightmare. And uh, I was right. It was a hardware issue. Uh, one of the lines, little wires out in the box by the road, uh, was broken inside the sleeve. And apparently, it was on my primary line. So uh, my secondary was connecting just fine, and that's why I was getting the six hundred whatever. I was getting basically a half speed. Uh, but every time the primary one, like, the two wires hit, it tried to connect, and then that's when it was booting me. That's what was going on. Uh, so, the guy finally fixed it and did his job right. I was super happy. I gave him a glowing review. But, uh, fuck Frontier. I actually went to uh, the Consumer Reviews website and looked up Frontier. Uh, surprise, surprise, they've got more negative reviews than positive reviews. People <laughs> all over the country fucking um, hate them. I'm pretty sure you'll find that's the case for every cable or internet company in the country. All right, I'll take that challenge. Yeah, I, I mean, out here, Charter. Anybody like, likes any of them? Everybody hates no Charter everywhere else, but for yeah, whatever no, reason, no yeah. around here, everybody loves Charter. They're fucking awesome. It never goes down. They keep great speeds. Like it's consistent, and they're top of the line with 60 megabyte download. Just. Just so you're aware. Like, <laughs> I, picked, I picked Cox. <laughs> oh, we don't need to have that. We have, if you don't have Frontier DSL, uh, your other choice is Satellite, which is slower than Frontier, or uh, those stupid cellular things, uh, like we have Bug Tussle. Um, you get, it's probably called something else up by you guys, but it comes over basically like a wireless frequency, like a cell phone. So, your speeds aren't as good, plus you have a high ping, um, and then you have charter cable. And unless you get into, like, the bigger cities, then you have, like, TDS. Um, but I don't even think we have, um, what's the other one? I want to say Camcon, but it's not. That's the game company. Um, Comcast? Comcast, yes. We don't need, that doesn't even exist around here. But I know everybody hates Comcast, because who likes fucking limits? Okay, so for uh, Consumer Affairs, the uh, rating for Frontier Communications is an average of 2.2 .2 out 
uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's out of a possible five. Uh, the next one up would be uh, Comcast at a rating of 2.8, uh, with a particular focus on Xfinity and Comcast Internet Services, which is kind of um, the Charter Communications has three stars. Uh, so, I mean, better than Frontier, apparently. And Verizon Fios has an average of 3.5. So you're showing a difference between uh, 2 and 3.5, difference of 1.0. That's not bad. No five-star internet services around <laughs> my area, unfortunately. So according to Netflix, the ISP speed index is highest rated Verizon Fios, then Spectrum, then Cox. If you go to ISPSpeedIndex.netflix.com, you can actually see the ratings for our country in terms of which is the highest rated. Cool. <laughs> I mean, the issues with cable and internet companies isn't necessarily speed. It's more to do with uh, reliability and customer service. And oh, I'll take speed. Anyway. Oh, you can. <laughs> customer service always sucks. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think we've gotten to the point where we we just expect to be routed to a call center in Mumbai. Yeah, like because it, it, you can pick any one of them. Customer service is gonna suck. Some of them try really hard. Once in a while, you get a really good person on the other end of the phone. The odds of that happening are like probably one in a billion because that's about what it feels like. Um, but across the board, customer service is always shit. Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, we just have to expect it. I mean, because cable companies have no incentive to do otherwise. They're wow. a government-sanctioned monopoly in pretty much every market that they exist. And for the markets that they do share, they have enough power as a monopoly elsewhere that they don't give a shit about those few customers that they actually do have to perform for. There's I mean, a whole South Park episode about it. <laughs> it's universally regarded as one of like the worst industries. Nobody likes their cable company. It's always like, yeah, that it, it doesn't suck too bad. I will say, I think I told Gobi about this, or maybe I brought it up on a podcast, but the last time uh, there was a power outage at my house, it was because some uh, dumbass didn't check the transformer outside on the telephone pole, and the transformer actually blew, caused a power surge in my house, destroyed a bunch of electrical equipment, and the box in my basement where the fiber comes. So I called Fios. I told him what happened. I was like, look, you know, you got to come replace the battery in this box because <laughs> it it doesn't work without the battery. And uh, miraculously, they did actually get someone down here within two or three days. And the guy came down to my basement. And I was just like, yeah, it was the, it was the power surge. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. And he was just like, yeah, you know, um, this is a cheap Chinese piece of shit. So uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do. He took the battery. He ripped it out of the box. And he was just like, you don't need this anymore. And he plugged in this, like, uh, complete third-party uh, power switch basically <laughs> and just plugged it into the wall and then plugged it into the box. He was just like, that's going to work forever. And I was like, okay. Jeez. Well, see, oh, you know, it's, you, you know, the thing about that is that wasn't somebody from your cable company. That was a contractor. The contractors are all good people. They all the, get the uh, shit end of the stick because they have to like put on the uniform of whatever shitty company they're representing that day. And like I, it's it's a really terrible job for them because they like 
get paid by the job, by the work order. So that's why, with all that shit that you were going through, Gobi, why they didn't look into it and actually like figure out what was wrong after so many times, because they're under constant pressure to move on to the next job. But like they are decent people just trying to make a living. And they're not the fucking evil company at the, the core of things that are ripping off customers and not giving a shit. I was going to say, I thought it was maybe because you gave him a handy or something. Ah, he was a good guy, but he was too busy for that. <laughs> anyway, Doom, Doom 2, and Doom uh, 3? Yeah, yeah remastered. They are slaying their way to the Switch. Doom, 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 Doom. Doom. Trilogy. It's coming to Switch, boys. You can play it if you're into the Doom series, which I was. I really enjoyed all three of those games. I didn't realize it, but apparently it came out on the Xbox 360 and the Xbox Games Marketplace. And right, yeah. are now and mobile app stores? What? They are, yeah. Doom um, on my phone? Five oh. bucks for uh, Doom and Doom 2, and then ten bucks for Doom 3. There's a rumor that Doom 64 is going to be coming out for computers. There is, oh, is that this, still a rumor? Uh, I thought that was confirmed. Well, it was. It hasn't been like officially stated, but they applied for a PEGI rating, which oh, is that's like right. that's the that's the European board that rates games, and you don't need to apply for a rating unless you're planning on releasing a game on. Uh, well, no, when you, in the application to for the rating, you say what systems it's going to be on, and the. Uh, game was peggy rated for uh, consoles and pc so it looks like doom 64 which was my or, uh, yeah doom 64 which was my first nintendo 64 game way back in the day is getting a re-release yeah it was a uh, july 28th that uh pc games picked up that a peggy rating had been issued for it and you don't really get a peggy issue uh, a peggy rating unless you're coming to pc well, they need Peggy ratings for the consoles as well. As you just specify it in your application, and the uh, application said PC as well. Could have been an oversight. Could have just been like they accidentally applied for it on PC as well. Maybe Nintendo is going to hang on to the rights. Who knows? But man, I would fucking love to relive Doom 64. Oof. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. And on to games that none of us will ever play, but are interesting because of a simple character, Death Stranded. Oh, Stranding. Death Stranding. Sorry. Stranding, yeah. Kojima Productions putting out Death Stranding. It is a PS4 exclusive, so um, take that as you will. But it's it's got Trevor from Walking Dead. Daryl. Daryl, whatever. I don't watch the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one screenshot of the game looks pretty neat. Um, it looks like it's going to be a very pretty game. Yeah, it does um, look... Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer. It looks pretty pretty cool. Yeah, the atmosphere looks absolutely amazing to it. And this is the game which had a trailer come out years ago, and everyone was trying to figure out what the fuck was happening in the trailer because it didn't make any sense. There was a... Uh, we Like, Norman Reedus yawned, and we went down his esophagus, and there was a baby in his stomach who gave us a thumbs up, and we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How did baby get into Norman? <laughs> right? Lucky bastard. 
So yeah, Norm, Norman Reedus is in there. Um, there's also the the woman who played in the last Bond movie, which we discovered was Spectre. Um, I don't remember her name. She is French. Um, and there's the gentleman who played Hannibal Lecter on the TV show Hannibal, who was also in a Bond movie, Casino Royale. He was the chief. And I don't remember his name either, because I'm having one of those days. Yeah, I remember. He did a really good job in the Bond movie. He, did Bond he, does, he is a talented actor. He does pretty excellent in everything uh, he does. There's a torture scene in that movie that you just cannot fucking unsee if you're a guy. I don't care how hard you try. Like, you see it one time, and you'll see it every every time somebody mentions that movie. Well, but the entire world does know that Lashif died scratching James Bond's balls. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the, the, the giant woman that fucking trying... knot. Yeah. The woman I'm trying to remember her name is uh, Leah Sidhu. I do not know how to correctly pronounce her last name, but she also had a bit part in um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I've oh. I've seen a handful of her movies actually. She's also a very talented actor. Yeah, and then uh, a couple weeks ago we brought up a game Raw developers. Uh, it was the Kickstarter game that got kicked off Kickstarter. Uh, apparently, they said Kickstarter was unprofessional and plan an Indiegogo campaign next. So. We'll, we'll still get to see what's going to happen with this game and uh, see how it turns out. It should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that one. I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully it, something comes of it within, you know, the next year or so. Pumped. We, we did talk about how the reason Raw got kicked off Kickstarter... Uh, in the first place was because they only asked for a fraction of the money that they thought it was going to cost to finish their game. I think they, what did they ask for? Like 70,000, 75,000. Yeah. Yeah. And then in a developer tweet, they said, um, it's probably going to cost closer to $300,000. And so Kickstarter came back and said, uh, no, you're supposed to ask for the, the money that you need to create a finished product. Uh, anything else we consider kind of a scam. Uh, and I think we all talked about it and agreed that was probably a wise attitude for them to have. Yeah. So I think it's a little funny that Raw comes back and calls Kickstarter unprofessional when they started a Kickstarter without understanding how Kickstarter worked. But yeah, that's that's my opinion on this too. Like, I'm glad that the game is going to keep moving forward, but like, why are you going to shit on Kickstarter when you guys explicitly violated the terms and conditions of using Kickstarter? Yeah, it's like you you pick up a you play soccer, you pick up a soccer ball and you throw it into the goal, and they say no, and they red card you, and you're like, well, soccer's a stupid game anyway. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because you don't know the rules. Yeah, I love the, the, the first comments on that uh, article that you guys uh, that we have linked is disclaimer: this may or may not be a scam. Thanks for your patronage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> The funny part is uh, the first art- line of the article, on July 15th, a day before its Kickstarter campaign would have closed with $191,429 pledged over double its asked-for funding, GTA Online Sandbox Game Raw campaign was suspended. So, did I read that right? As in, they had already yeah. raised... 
Yeah. Before yeah. it was oh. suspended? Well, you don't get the money from Kickstarter until the campaign ends. Right. So, like, you, when you set up a Kickstarter campaign, you state your goal and you state an end date. If you don't make the goal, if you don't meet the goal by the end date, it's a failed Kickstarter and everybody gets their money back. If you exceed the goal, it's just extra funding. So if they had never said, oh, we expect this to actually cost a lot more, they would have ended up keeping that 100K, which was yeah twice as much as they asked for. But the fact that they opened their mouth meant that they uh, admitted yeah, I mean, to they basically had, violating the rules that they agreed to. They had almost two-thirds of their asked for, or what they thought it was going to take before it closed, like... That's crazy. I mean, clearly, I think people wanted to see the game because, I mean, yeah, it's ambitious. Uh, apparently, they took a lot of flack from streamers and redditors. That doesn't surprise me. Shit. I mean, people throw flack yeah. all the time on Reddit. I mean, that's just a common go-to thing. <laughs> yeah, the comment section of this article is full quite of funny. Salt. Yeah, it's quite funny. Trash. Yeah, this is a scam. <laughs> People are giving their money to this will never see a return on their investment. Plus, well, if, you're uh, to a if you give to a Kickstarter, you don't see a return on your investment. It's not... You, you, people who think that you like a Kickstarter is an investment are stupid. That's not how Kickstarter works. No. Well, in this case, they might just mean like a product that you can play. That's a return yeah. of sorts. Well, but that's that's actually the interesting thing, though, is if is if they don't get that money to go to completion, you get your you get your money back. So that's why Kickstarter is arguably the safer crowdfunding platform because Indiegogo and GoFundMe, like those kind of things, like you give that money and that's just like you you've given them that money. They could set it on fire, they could wipe their ass with it, and you've given them that money to do with what they will with no. Yeah, I'm out of toilet paper. Yep. So. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm actually out of toilet paper. <laughs> Better break out those $100 bills. Thank God do I do a... the stream in the bathroom. Do you have a cat? No. <laughs> you could just use the cat. Uh... <laughs> use the... I've got a cat you can have. I know. You keep on trying to unload your cats on me, and I keep telling you I don't want them. Yeah, I'm not a fan of cats the other one's missing. Sad. Missing. One that I, <laughs> one that I lack is missing. There isn't a Korean food place around you, is there? I don't know, but I would take this one nearby if it was. That, <laughs> that is how you get kicked off YouTube. Oh. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, moving on. Yeah. Uh, There's another about uh, how Rockstar has received 42 million pounds in tax relief, according to Think Tank. I'm going to let Omega talk about this. So yeah, uh, this British Think Tank uh, did some research and digging and found that Rockstar Games, which has made... Um, how much is it off... Wait, what is today? Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. A shit ton. Well, let me pull up the article just to get the numbers in. Um, so, sales of GTA estimate about $6 billion so far. Uh, yet, they 
not only do they not pay taxes in the UK, but they have received the equivalent of about $51 million in tax relief from the government. So this uh, this think tank that did this research is like basically calling them out for it. Turns out there's this law in the UK that was passed a few years ago called the Video Games Tax Relief Fund. And um, it's the Rockstar applied for these video games tax credits in the UK, uh, which is this program to, you know, give tax credits to art that's produced in the UK. It's done by the uh, British Film Institute. And um, Rockstar Games, which, you know, makes all these games that pretty much universally take place in the US or cities modeled after the U.S. because none of the cities in GTA actually exist, but they're basically American cities. Um, the company is based in Scotland, and the British Film Institute decided to grant these games the culturally British stamp, which made them eligible to apply for these tax credits. And it turns out that a full 20% of the tax relief paid to the entire video game industry since the program has come into effect in the UK has gone to Rockstar. <laughs> so this company that's made $6 billion off this game is also gobbling down tax credits and not paying uh, a dime in tax credits. Well, they do have a game about murdering and stealing and <laughs> robbing people. So I guess well, they're just doing it in real life. Well, here's where it gets really shady. And this is where like you start to realize just how shady the corporate world is. The reason they were eligible for the tax credits is because Rockstar and Take-Two under, like, uh, under the Rockstar umbrella, um, like these companies declared just $57 million in profits in the UK. <laughs> because most of the profits are made in the US. So they don't uh, count. So they made so this company made six billion dollars. They claimed fifty million dollars in tax credits in the UK by saying, Oh, it's because we didn't make the money here, so it doesn't count. So basically well, they're robbing the the people of the UK blind. Yeah. That's cool. That's corporate finances for you, though. How dare all of you? These poor corporations are just eking out a meager living, and we, yeah, we we need to be more forgiving of their swindling. Name. <laughs> I love the second <sighs> comment again. Disgusting. You know what else is disgusting? No Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption on PC. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Where's my Red Dead on PC? Uh... We want to give you more money. <laughs> Fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God. It's true though, I do want to give them more money. If they were to bring um Red Dead 2 onto PC, I would uh, allow I would let them go away get away with the, the tax fraud. so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that should be a thing. Like just um allow them, allow them to get a, a pass 
if they make Red Dead 2 on PC. Well, I like the, I like the <laughs> one comment that was like, does this mean we can pirate their games since they're basically funded by our tax dollars anyway? <laughs> right. <laughs> technically already paid for the game. I'd say yes. <laughs> Should be just released to all British uh, citizens for free. <laughs> Fair Holy enough. We don't make the money in the UK. We'll just give them. We'll just give them the game. You heard it here first, folks. GTA Online free in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what about that Nvidia falling for AMD's uh, bluff? Thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I saw this uh, about a week ago. It is super funny. So there's the the new graphics cards that have been coming out. You got the uh, RTX Super line that uh, NVIDIA just dropped, and then you've got AMD's uh, 50, the RX 5700 and the 5700 XT. And the one of the vice presidents at AMD said publicly in an interview that they basically double-bluffed NVIDIA to screw them, and NVIDIA fell for it. So... The way it played out is AMD announced their initial price for their uh, 5,700 lines deliberately a, a, a significant portion lower than what their research said uh, NVIDIA would price their new supercards at. And they were right. So when they announced their lower price, they made NVIDIA drop their prices. But the lower price that AMD set for their cards wasn't the final price that they were going to set for their cards. They actually were going to set them even lower. So they tricked NVIDIA into dropping their prices on their cards, and then they turned right around and undercut them anyway. So, so not only... A little laugh out loud moment. Yeah. There. Not only are they do they have the cheaper card, but they also cut into the prices or into the profits that NVIDIA is going to make. And the best part about it is, is if NVIDIA has kept their prices higher, they could at least try and fuel the perception that because of the higher cost, it's a higher quality product. But now they're close enough in price that it's obvious that they're like the same capabilities. They're basically the same, uh, you know, the same horsepower and they're just the more expensive option. Like it, this is the kind of corporate shenanigans that I like. This is like corporate warfare. I dig it. Yeah, so the uh, I was I, actually thinking if I was going to build a new rig, um, I was probably going to go AMD because of the new hardware that they were putting out. But this is just another reason why I would go with AMD, honestly. Well, you know, my, my GPU is getting pretty old, and I'm I, I'm seriously considering upgrading it. And I've been looking at the, the super line, and, but now that all this has happened, I mean, I've got an AMD card right now, and it's done me good for a long time. But this okay. is like, you know what? I applaud you guys. I'm going to go with you guys just because I like I, I like the shenanigans with Nvidia. I like the shenanigans. I support it. Uh, I you know, know I've, when it's the I've kind been of an AMD when guy, we, when we the consumers uh, win, that's yeah. I agree with you. I like that corporate shenanigan shenaniganery shenanigans <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> Shani, Shani, I don't know. If Next anybody says shenanigans one more time, I'm gonna pistol whip you. Hey, Farva, what's that restaurant? Oh, you mean shenanigans? 
Now you have to just whoop yourself. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I posted a link uh, in the GSPC room, I believe. Uh, a Power Color 5700 XT for $399. Um, I, if you have never heard of Power Color, um, I've owned one. In fact, I still own one to this day. I bought a Power Color uh, Devil R9390X, which is a card I'm still using to this day, and it's still going strong. Um, three ninety nine for that good card. I'm even thinking about upgrading because I mean, as much as my three ninety is doing good, it's getting old. And yeah, well, three ninety nine. really like because oh, yeah, they announced that the. Because right now the Radeon RX 5700s, like those are, they're right now they're only in the shrouded like Founders Edition, like the the standard way that AMD has released them in like the single blower fan shrouded configuration. They announced like in end of August, early September that they're going to start going to like their partner companies who make the you know dual fan and like basically the aftermarket companies that we all know Asus, MSI, Sapphire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so three ninety nine is the price point, and it's awesome that these companies are like announcing their versions and keeping that price point. That is super cool. I think I even saw a pink one somewhere. I didn't tag the link, but uh, it's been interesting to see. Um, I know there's a couple other ones out there in the wild too that I noticed that were other than Power Color, and they were all the same price. Um, they definitely look like solid cards. I mean. Spec wise, too, uh, I don't think you go wrong within the 5700 XP. I mean, especially for 400 bucks. I mean, if you're now, I mean, if yeah. you're one of those elite gamers, like eliteness down there and gaming in 4K and 144 hertz, then probably not the card for you. Have a 4K monitor. But, <laughs> but for the rest of the world, he's got numbers <laughs> in his name. He's the best gamer of all of us. <laughs> but for the rest of you that are you know the 1080p gamers uh the 5700 xp is gonna do more than you need to do um and keep you well above the line for a long time right now the only thing the rtx supercards have over the amd 5700 and 5700 xt is ray tracing and there's like five games right now that use ray tracing and uh, uh, wait, it is coming to by like 2022. Uh, we're going to have standardized games coming out that require ray tracing. And that that is when Ray Romano is just really going to start raking in the cash. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is coming to AMD. Like AMD is working on ray tracing, so it's not like Nvidia is going to hold the you know hold the ray tracing down. Like it's already came to the 1080 series. Uh, it's coming to AMD. It's yeah, Nvidia I mean, might have made it, but it's it's going to be an industry standard, so it's going to be on AMD cards, and they're going to handle it just fine. I mean, of course. And but the point is, like, if you're shopping for a card right now, yeah, ray tracing really isn't that big of a deal. And like the game, like I said, there's like five games that do support ray tracing, and it's not even full ray tracing yet. It's like they only support them in reflections or shadows or like very specific limited things so by the time ray tracing is 
widely adopted and being used on a large scale that it does become you know necessary for us to have those those capabilities there's going to be a new generation of cards out anyway so yeah for sure i was just going to say for uh, for anybody listening who is not familiar with what ray tracing is it is the uh, if you were in real life to go out, say, uh, on a sunny day and look into a puddle of water at the sun, before you went completely fucking insane because you're staring <laughs> at the goddamn sun, you would notice that there are these little beams of light coming off and everything like that. It looks very pretty. Ray tracing in games is how you make the sun look pretty, and as Omega said, uh, a reflection or something like that. Yeah, like ray tracing. I looked up the actual technical definition, and it's it's something that most people don't understand myself included but it it's like it it calculates every individual ray of light emanating from every individual light source in real time and like this is currently used a ton in like cgi in movies and stuff which is why movie cgi looks great but it takes like entire server farms or like massive cloud computing to be able to render that shit ahead of time so that they can then use it in the movies the big deal with this is that we're talking real-time ray tracing where they're actually able to do it on a graphics card in real time as you're playing and rendering the game and that's what's yeah. going to be significant about this breakthrough technology so it's uh, calculating a source plot and then it's calculating a plot where the uh source plot is uh landing and then it calculates the plot where you the viewer are looking at that plot and then it calculates a vector um, or it's vector tracing or vector calculation and it so for everybody else in the world it does a really fancy math equation and makes the game look pretty easy i just i just did those math equations in my head while you were saying that (laughs) yeah leetness is paid that's why leetness is paid the big bucks because he's a walking (laughs) supercomputer yes But if he's a walking supercomputer, why doesn't he run Linux? Because he's got an iPhone. (laughs) Because I'm smart. I use Windows 10. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 So Linux is probably getting a huge update to the kernel uh, thanks to our wonderful friends at Valve um, and Steam to make it a little more gaming-friendly which is kind of nice. Um, I did notice in the Wine patch notes for the latest version that came out, there was a bunch of uh, fixes for things like the Epic Game Store and stuff like that. So they're definitely moving in the right direction with uh, gaming on Linux. Um, and by doing what they're doing to the kernel, it'll only... Not only is going to help gaming, but it'll help multi-core platforms on... Uh, across Linux. Like, it's an innovation because of gaming, but it's going to have wider spread um, use than just gaming. I'm sure all 10 Linux gamers are very excited. Hey, <laughs> I do. I, I love Linux, man, and as soon as I can run all my games on Linux, I can say goodbye to fucking Windows. The only reason I use Windows because I game, but if I could, it would be Linux. Like... I'm just curious because I don't really understand. It says that uh, Steam is proposing changes in the in the Linux kernel. Does that mean that Valve is working with uh, Linux distributors or? Yeah, uh, basically. Okay. Okay. So the kernel is like the core of Linux. It's 
the brain. And basically what Valve is doing is they've made these advancements over here on the side. Um, and they're going to take those and give them to these other people and basically infuse their code right into the core of Linux. So Linux is going to get faster and better at its core, which will increase, you know, frames per second in games and stuff like that. Um, I could get it in all the technical stuff, but nobody will really understand it other than no. maybe me and a few other people. <laughs> um, basically, it increases CPU utilization um, for games, which increase frames per second in games and, you know, makes them run smoother. It's not going to make more games run on Linux. It's just going to make them run better on Linux. Cool. Um, yeah. And so I have one question. You said the the patch notes were called Wine? For Wine. Oh, no, the, the patch notes for Wine. Wine is a, yeah. what is it, an emulator uh, that allows you to run Windows software yeah. on Linux? Oh, I thought maybe the patch was called Wine. It's, I was like, was they just, were they just calling it that in anticipation? <laughs> no, uh, it's not. It's not an emulator. It's uh, it's a function layer that goes on top of the kernel, which allows basically you into you can install Windows applications. Um, it allows Linux to read EXE files and DLLs. Um, so it allows you to install basically Windows applications directly into Linux natively when they wouldn't normally uh. run in a native uh, Linux desktop. They've also included... They've done yeah, Proton... Like a, a lightweight virtual machine? Or, mm. Yeah, well, it's like a virtual machine. Run through. Yeah, it's basically built right into the, cor the, the core of Linux. It's a virtual machine that runs inside Linux, basically, that allows you to run these programs. Um, it's like running them in shell. Like, uh, That's pretty cool. Oh. Um... And then, you know, they done Proton, which is just basically for gaming. Basically, that's a wrapper for, like, Direct3D and DirectX 10 and stuff like that. Um, and DXVK, all of these are relatively new. They've come out in the last few years. And a lot of it is in thanks to Valve and the failed stream machines. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I won't hold it against you because they were only around for a couple of years. They never really caught on. Um... They were a great idea. They weren't marketed well, and they just... It wasn't time yet for them, basically. Um, they needed gaming to be on Linux in a much better place than where it was. But thankfully for that failure, it has done a lot for Linux and gaming on Linux. And hopefully, in a few years, we'll have full-fledged gaming on Linux where I can have I can be on Linux and you guys can be on Windows and we can play AAA games together. I mean, I believe Borderlands 3 will probably be a Linux game. Uh, both the other previous Borderlands 2 games, you could play on Linux and play with people on Windows. Um, so it's cross-platform between Linux and Windows uh, as long as you bought the game on Steam. Something about Borderlands 3 being played on Linux gave me the weirdest half-chub. Amen. To each of their own. And that's... I, uh, I know I'm kind of like the Linux nerd here, and I'm okay with that. I did get the division to run. Um, I gotta get some stuff cleared up, and uh, I'm gonna give a couple of 
distros a check again here in a probably in a month or so, and uh, we'll see how much farther they got. Maybe I can actually get into game now, which would be kind of neat to be playing the division, even though it's the first one on Linux. Uh, might be able to get Doctor Nickel and the guys to reinstall it just so we can test out co-op. Yeah, and speaking of half chubs, this stream brought to you by Ninja. Ninja, if you don't know, <laughs> go go check him out on Twitch. It's a good time. Oh, you can't check him out on Twitch anymore. Last topic of the nope. night: Ninja switches <laughs> to Mixer. Yeah, shocker. Yeah. Yeah, big shock. I didn't see that, that coming, but I think it'll be good. Money's money, huh? It's definitely <laughs> good for Microsoft. Yeah. Uh. Is it? I kind of like Mixer better than Twitch. I don't know why. Um, it seems smoother for me to watch videos um, on crappier internet. Um, this interaction is nicer. And I personally it seems less toxic. Of, uh, okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> personally, <laughs> I like Mixer because of the uh, complete lack of monitoring or punishment for using copyrighted music in your streams. Um, I think that's that's kind of nice, just not having to worry about that while streaming. Well, if they get any bigger, that will go away very quickly. I know, and that's kind of one of the concerns about Ninja going over to Mixer. It's obviously going to give them huge exposure. Um, their platform is probably going to become more popular, at least in part because of this. And uh, yeah, we might see some of the fun features well, that's so, not a feature. <laughs> just for some interesting Whatever. context, um, like I had heard of Mixer. I had no idea what it was. Um, like I had heard the name, but for a while I just kind of thought, oh, that sounds like, you know, a gay dating website. And um, <laughs> when I did no, that's, this that's esports gig, um, <laughs> when I did this esports gig, we simulcast on Mixer and Twitch. And like you said, Mixer is a Microsoft property and in true microsoft style they see somebody else had a good idea try to rip it off fail miserably um uh, you know see the zune for example um anyway uh, you know windows phone um (laughs) anyway so when we were doing our simulcast um the our, our live shows both peaked at the number two most watched stream on twitch getting more than uh, one of them peaked at the the Wednesday night stream peaked at thirty two thousand, and the Thursday stream peaked at thirty five thousand. Our mixer streams peaked at forty five viewers on the first <laughs> night and fifty three the second night. Yeah, so that kind of goes. Ninja going there is massive. It's like impossible to mm-hmm. understate how huge this is for shaking up the streaming space. And with all the complaints that have been going on about Twitch, like I don't know if you guys follow along with just like all of the complaints from streamers. Like there are a ton of streamers who just are really tired of Twitch and just the bullshit that they pull and unfair treatment of like unequal treatment. They like play favorites with a lot of streamers like certain streamers who bring in a ton of viewers can basically get away with murder they don't get bans for things that other people get kicked off twitch for just pulling the same like just pulling horrible shit and nobody's getting punished for it just because they make twitch a lot of money so 
if Ninja Going can prove that there is a viable audience there, it could legitimately shake up the entire video game streaming ecosystem. And like I don't I don't say that lightly. Like this could be very significant. There are other uh gaming institutions or gaming markets that uh dual stream all of their all of their stuff on twitch and mixer uh one example would be warf we went uh one hour and 12 minutes before we mentioned war stream or uh warframe it is a new record everyone <laughs> round of fucking applause over an hour before Good job. we mentioned warframe yeah you uh, yeah i know yeah. like microsoft games are a lot more popular on Mixer than they are on Twitch. Like, Gears of War consistently has, you know, probably their big tournaments and stuff are probably well into the thousands of viewers. I know Halo does really well there. Uh, Fortnite, I could see that not having a huge draw on Mixer right now because I don't really see many people playing it. Um, the other reason Microsoft games are popular on mixers because microsoft forces their products or like the, the tournaments i should say is because microsoft forces them to be exclusive um like the studio uh. that i was doing our stream out of it, it's actually a hilarious story if, if you don't mind a, a brief sidetrack so when i started working with these guys they were telling me that um when microsoft first opened this like brand new multi-million dollar state-of-the-art esports tournament space above their Microsoft store in Manhattan. They piloted like the guys that I was working with ended up piloting hundreds of shows for them. And they did all kinds of things from, you know, different types of, of gaming competitions to talk shows to like uh, all obviously gaming related. And nobody was watching any of them. Why? Because Mixer tried to claim the studio and was forcing all of that content to exclusively air on Mixer. And it turns out that Microsoft is uh, one giant family there where all the family members are arguing over who owns Mic or who, who owns that studio and who owns these streaming properties and who gets to control what. And, you know, the Microsoft store wanted to control what happened in that studio. Mixer wanted to control what happened in the studio. The Microsoft main office wanted to control what happened there. And nobody could agree on anything, and they ended up running it into the ground. And that show that I did there was the first time that studio had been used in nine months. So Peace. Microsoft has really tried to push Mixer, but no one was really buying it. Nobody was like, yeah, well, okay, we'll give this a go. So now the, uh, Ninja is a major coup for them. Like, that's yeah. a major grab. And uh, he was the right one, too. Like, some of these other mainstream guys just would not have fit well and brought the crowd they wanted to bring. I can only imagine how many millions of dollars they cut him in that check yeah like um the guy's set for fucking life already i i I have to imagine it was in excess of seven figures like this is at least 10 million dollars they had to hand him to get him to because you just think about how much money ninja was making on twitch 
to give yeah. that up, they had to give him fucking everything. Yeah, and it'll only you know a lot of he's going to bring a lot of those viewers from Twitch, like you said. Plus, he'll probably gain a bunch that are already on Mixer, too, that don't really watch Twitch. I mean, there's he's like, a good streamer. But, but there's like five people on Mixer. That's my point. <laughs> uh, there's, Mixer there's more people popular. on Mixer than it not seems. Really, like, what I was, I, I was doing research. For the, I was doing research for that esports gig, and like the streamers that we were talking to, like we had some streamers from Twitch and some streamers from Mixer. Popular streamers on Mixer, like the big ones, top out at like seven, eight hundred, maybe a thousand on a good stream. That's but, like, I mean, you're talking average. solo, like Fortnite streamers, though, right? I, I'm talking like anybody, like people, like there, there just isn't a big audience on Mixer. It just doesn't I mean, exist. Yeah. Optic Gaming, Ghost Gaming, all those guys got great following on Mixer because their teams, that's where their teams play. Like, and, I mean, a lot of the Call of Duty guys, you know, will know those names because uh, they're big in esports for Call of Duty. Well, they're also, they also have a Gears of War team as well um, that, you know, a lot of fans go back and forth. I mean, yeah, it's not a huge, like, solo place but a lot more teams are popular on you know mixer i mean yeah it's not nearly as popular as twitch but it's still the past couple of years it's gotten bigger i mean it's but this will only help make it bigger and actually help it compete directly with twitch i mean before i wouldn't necessarily say it was directly competing with twitch because it didn't have anywhere near the viewers but it also doesn't have like in real life streamers or anything like that. Like as far as I know, Mixer is strictly games. Yeah. All right. So we're running over <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Uh, I just want to say, I hate, I don't like Ninja. I, I was going to say, I hate him. I don't hate him. I don't really even know him. I just think he's a douchebag. So moving around to our uh, round table, last thing of the night, are you wearing pants? Yes or no? Completeness. <sighs> Mostly. Omega. That's a nope. no. Go, baby. I am not. <laughs> well, I'm not technically wearing pants. That's a no. And Dr. Niggle <laughs> is also a no. God bless America. God bless our <laughs> pantsless podcast. Take us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, thanks you all for uh, joining. And uh, thanks you all for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a good night. Peace. Later. Bye. Penis. <laughs> oh, shit.